0: email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV where the doctor is always in. And hello and welcome. Uh, I am Ricky McKenna and this is Ricky's Kitchen and we are on USA Global TV and radio. Welcome. And today, yeah, um, food is more than what we eat. We're going to have a little food for thought. Actually, I thought I'd begin with a quote because I believe that food is medicine, and you can see my book. It's yes, you can eat well and eat right. And I have a. I found a quote actually this morning from Hippocrates, and it really, besides food it is medicine. Um, For the last 23 years, I have been working with people on understanding food and what food does for them. Everything from little ones, I mean, pre-kindergarten to seniors. I am a chef for seniors as well as for um, everybody between the age of one and 100. And I do have a couple in their 90s at this point. But my quote that I found from Hippocrates, who is known for saying that food is medicine, is look to the season when choosing your cures. Now, if you think about that, and this is food for thought, it's in my book, um, it means that seasonally certain foods are ripe. They ripen, they come into being and to enter their full flavor at certain times of the year. And right now, especially something, some things that you might wanna know are blackberries and eggplant are both in season now and coming up, um, I believe it's Brussels sprouts and one other one. I'll have to look that up again, just to make sure. But today, um, the food is usually available to most of us, especially here in the United States, I'm in Houston, And most of our grocery stores in most of the uh, big cities in the United States and around the world as well, have vegetables and fruits that are in there all around. They're grown in places where they ripen. And sometimes they don't ripen until you get them. They've been shipped on either ships or trucks to your grocery stores. And I want you to think about how long that food has been in shipment And so you can ask, um, especially in smaller grocery stores where you have an intimate relationship with the owners, um, you can find out when the foods have been shipped and where they're from, which is an important thing to do, especially with your farmers markets. You know, most of them are local and the local foods are usually fresher from what I've discovered, and they're right off the vine or right out of the ground or off the tree. And you can do much better at a farmer's market. You might pay a little bit more for the food, but it's well worth it. And in my book, yes, you can eat well and eat right, there's a whole section on how to shop at a farmer's market, what to do, bring cash, number one, and how to shop at farmer's markets. And make sure you have your own bags, as well as, as I said, cash, And sometimes it pays to go early in the morning to get certain things that you want to make sure they're fresh and then come back at the end of the day when the farmer's market about half an hour before they're closing and go through again. And sometimes you'll get some really good bargains because most of the vendors do not want to take the produce home again. So they may give you things like half price or whatever. You can you can bargain at that point. So that's just a couple of tips for shopping at your farmers markets and today we're going to get something that's usually available in the supermarkets all year round it's an organic cabbage and this is a yellow cabbage or green cabbage and what we're going to do today are two salads one is coleslaw it's a fairly traditional um, accompaniment to many dishes and especially in the summertime when you're barbecuing or you're eating outdoors coleslaw is very refreshing. Now, our normal, um, coleslaw dressing usually includes mayonnaise, salt and pepper, maybe a little bit of vinegar, maybe a little bit of lemon juice. But today we're going to do our coleslaw with a little twist. We're going to do a balsamic Dijon, um, balsamic and eliminate the mayonnaise. So, um, Because I found through the years of counseling with people in my consultations and my coaching that a lot of people really don't like mayonnaise, so they don't eat coleslaw. So what we're going to do is help them out here. We're going to take our cabbage, and it's amazing how far a piece of dense cabbage will go. Um, Yes, you can eat well and eat right and find the joy of cooking. And to quote my mentor, (laughs) uh, never mind, it's Julia Child. Anyway, I'm going to slice this cabbage very thin, and someone did ask me the other day, how do you make sure you clean your cabbage? And Because it is dense. By the way, when you're picking a cabbage, squeeze it before you pick it. If it squeezes and you can switch it together, it's not dense. And what you want, and I'll show you the inside of this one, what you want is a densely packed cabbage. The same with something like Um, uh, regular head lettuce if you're using that. I recommend you use romaine or escarole uh, and change up your lettuces every once in a while just for fun and for flavor. So at any rate, pick dense cabbage so it's densely packed and you'll be amazed at how little you have to cut to make two cups of cabbage. Now, what I'm going to do is cut it crosswise just to cut it up a little bit so it's a little bit easier to eat. Because most people don't you don't want people ending up with cabbage hanging out all over their face. So I just cut maybe it's not even a third of that head of cabbage, and it's not a terribly large head of cabbage. It is well, it's bigger than a softball, and it's smaller than a soccer ball. So I've got two cups of the cabbage right here. Ta-da. And we're going to put that in our bowl. And I'm going to take my cabbage out of the way. And I'm going to add a scallion. Now, sometimes in coleslaw, you'll find um, chopped up carrots or uh, some other vegetables. We're just going to do the cabbage and a beautiful big old scallion which i'm going to slice on an angle and we kind of get julienne slices this way very thin and they'll be you'll be able to see them and taste them the fullness of them in the uh, coleslaw so i'm just being really careful to slice this it comes out really pretty let's take this one that is not so pretty out And cut my remaining green, you cut the white and the green parts of the scallion. And you can add more than one if you like. But with the two cups, I think that the the one scallion seems to work beautifully. And we're going to toss that in. Take the other stuff out of the way. And just because I like it and they're pretty much in season now, I'm going to mix up the cabbage. little bit if you get big chunky pieces you can always cut them or leave them there i'm just going to chop this one up a little bit and put it back in okay and i happen to like peppers so we're going to add a little bit of yellow pepper this is a bright yellow sweet pepper i'm going to cut about a third of it to add into the salad into the coleslaw and we want to make sure we get all the seeds out. And the little white parts, that, the stringy white parts, we'll get those out. And let's see. Ta-da. So we'll take that out. And for those of you listening on the radio, I've added the two cups of sliced and chopped cabbage into a bowl, along with the scallion that I sliced into small julienne pieces and I'm going to do the same thing here. I have a yellow um, sweet pepper that I'm going to slice into small bite-sized pieces or actually smaller and so that it fits beautifully in with the coleslaw and so when you get a mouthful you don't get a big chunk that you have to use your fingers. So you can add yellow pepper, you can add red pepper or you can just do it with the just the cabbage. Now, this is on, if you've gotten my book, it's on page 43. This is where this this recipe that's a little bit different, I call it my coleslaw with a twist, is in there. And we're going to make the balsamic vinaigrette for this. And actually, I think I've got enough of the pepper in here. I might not put the whole third in. Just make sure it's in slices that people can easily... Put on their fork and enjoy without struggling, as I said, and having to use their fingers. We're going to mix up the veggies so we have them all together and ready to dress. And now we'll take, to make my balsamic dressing, I have my measuring cup. I'm going to put things in there. First of all, we're going to take some white wine vinegar and you can use red or white I'm using about an eighth of a cup of the white wine vinegar, and of course if you use the red vinegar, it's going to have a little different taste. So we've got about an eighth of a cup of the vinegar in there, and then I'm going to take, um, let's see what's next, balsamic. And I'm using a balsamic glaze, which I found to be really delicious. It does have a little more sugar than the normal um, balsamic vinegar, but it's okay. And we're gonna use about a quarter of a cup of this. So what I'm gonna do is measure up another quarter of a cup. And that sounds like a a lot, but it does really bring a sweetness to the dressing. Let's see what we've got here. Yep, I've got almost a half a cup now with everything in there and just a touch more of the balsamic. So we have white vinegar, white wine vinegar, and balsamic vinegar, and I'm gonna mix them with a whisk. And I like using a whisk because it does work beautifully to make sure everything gets mixed together. Now I've got Dijon mustard, and we're gonna take, whoops, this is one of those where you leave it on its top, and then when you open up, be careful because it does come out in a hurry. And I'm going to put about a tablespoon, maybe a teeny bit more, in with the vinegars. And we'll mix that up together. I'm mixing as I'm going, as you can see, just to make sure that everything gets thoroughly mixed in there. So we've got the two vinegars, the mustard. And now for the fun, one of my favorite herb combinations are herbs de Provence. Voila. And I'm gonna put in about, oh, maybe a tablespoon. Let's see. No, actually about half a tablespoon. About two teaspoons would be good. Now, if you don't have herb de Provence, you can always use just thyme. That's T-H-Y-M-E. And use that in your dressing. Now, of course, the last part that you put in is usually the olive oil and we're going to add a teeny bit of salt and pepper, just a wee bit, not a lot, but you want just a little because salt really brings out the flavors of things. So I'm using about, I would say a half a teaspoon and I'm going to sprinkle that directly into the, the bowl with the cabbage and the same thing with the pepper. And of course, you can always add more pepper to taste afterwards. But what I want to do is give the herbs a little bit more time to reconstitute, since they're dried herbs, the Herb de Provence. And they're sitting in here, and they're going to just open up and give some more flavor. Now, we'll add our olive oil. And of course, we have a lot of the vinegar in there. So I'm going to use about 2 thirds of a cup of olive oil. Sounds like a lot, but actually to work with the vinegars and the herbs that are in there, it's perfect. Now, one thing that I've noticed with a dressing like this, and I'm going to mix it up, as I said, with my whisk. Now, I may not use all of this in this bowl of cabbage unless I add in another couple of cups of cabbage. But the good part about this is that you can store it and use it later on other things. And of course I store in glass. So we have our little flip top sealed glass where I stored some more of the vinaigrette and we're going to let that sit for just a moment and add a little bit of garlic powder. Now you can crush some fresh garlic, which is what I'm going to do, or you can use garlic powder. And I'm just going to go grab a little piece of garlic, one little clove, and something else I wanted to make sure you see is the garlic is stored in the refrigerator in a glass jar. This is already peeled, which makes it very convenient. So I'm going to take one, whoops, that's too big, (laughs) large clove, okay, and cover my Close and put them out of the way again and this time I'm going to use a garlic press because doing it chopping it up by hand is really good in most cases but today I want it to be really I want the juice to get in there so we have the garlic juice and the pieces from the press and it makes it easier of course there we go I get my whisk and get all those lovely little pieces of fresh garlic in there as I said, you can use garlic powder or what I prefer actually is granulated garlic and not garlic salt. I find that the garlic salts and the onion salts are way too salty. So if you're already adding salt to your recipe, you don't want to use garlic salt or onion salt in the, in the case of using that. We'll just put that aside and mix it up. And I can see the herbs are starting to reconstitute so this is good. And as you can see this is very quick using the the cabbage and my herbs and here we have the dressing and now you can do this as I said with or without the additional pepper. I just like it in there because it's refreshing and I like the flavors. So I'm gonna take about half of my dressing that's here, and this is about just under a cup. It's about two thirds altogether of a cup. And actually, I'm gonna do a taste test first. I found another chunky piece here. And we'll do a taste test. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, nice and tangy. Now, there's one thing that I've noticed in this particular instance. I may have overdone the vinegar or the the well, um, Dijon mustard. So what I'm going to do, and this is what you can do if your dressings come out just a little bit too vinegary. It's called raw honey. And you take a very little bit of it because it is potent. And I'm going to take this is a teaspoon. I'm going to take about a quarter of that teaspoon and pour some honey and add that to the dressing. And even though it's cold, it will make quite a difference in the taste. The honey is very, very good for helping to soften that vinegar taste. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a little wash too. So that's another cooking hint or kitchen tip that you can have today. And let's see, I'm gonna give that a wipe. all right. So, we're about to dress the salad, the coleslaw. And of course, you can let this sit in the refrigerator and brew, and you wanna coat it, but not drown it. So I'm pouring about half of what I had in there. Here we go. And unlike using mayonnaise, you're gonna get the color from the balsamic. So, it's kind of pretty. Now, if you want to use red peppers or something like that, or no peppers, then you're fine. Here's our coleslaw. That's all we have to do. Put it in the refrigerator and let it brew a little bit more. And so we're going to take that. And let me taste that dressing again. Yeah, it softened it considerably. So remember the trick with the honey, not sugar, honey. Just raw, pure, raw honey is what you want to use. Okay. And now here's a peek at the next salad that we're going to do. And this one is done. It's a potato salad. But as you can tell, it's orange, so it's sweet potatoes. So we are going to use roasted sweet potatoes. I'm going to pour the rest of my dressing in here. So I can let those wonderful little herbs, ah, beautiful, rehydrate a little bit more or reconstitute as you would. And just give this a little rinse since I may want to use it again. And I've got my whisk clean. So we've got a whole good cupful here of the balsamic dressing. And you don't have to refrigerate this. This is something you can put into your pantry or your closet, your cabinet and have waiting for you ready. Okay, so our next little goodie is going to be the sweet potato salad. And I have my sweet potatoes right here. And just to give you a little hint, I baked them last night and I cut them in half with the skins on. And I left them with the skins on purposely because it's really very easy to get them off, but would keep the moisture in the uh, potato. So I've got one that I opened and I cut into little chunks. And we're going to take some more and cut the rest of them. And you can see, watch, the skin is just peeling right off. And when it doesn't, you take your trusty little paring knife and do that. And actually, I've done some of this sometimes with the potato skins on. I actually prefer leaving the skins on, but in a potato salad like this, you might want to take them off. So I'm going to skin it. There we go. Very easily after keeping it in the fridge overnight. Yep. Here we go. As <laughs> you can see, it's coming off pretty easily. But I'm going to have to take it, there's a few little, those black spots. We used to call them eyes. And we want the eyes on the potatoes, not in the potatoes. So I'm going to take those off and very carefully skin it to where I can cut it. Here we go. And the other thing about this, when you're baking your potatoes, be careful not to over roast them because you don't want them mushy. And that was another reason for putting them in the refrigerator overnight to keep them from getting mushy. And these are, you can see I'm cutting them up and I can hold them. They're not squished. Okay, so I'm breaking up my pieces. And actually we're going to put these into a big bowl so we can mix it all up. So I'll take my potatoes from last night. Here we go and cut them into bite-sized pieces, or a little bit smaller, however you like. depends on the size of your potatoes. I chose potatoes that were maybe a handful size, and we use about two to three pounds of potatoes in this salad. And we'll take the skin off this one in just a minute. So I'm cutting them into bite-sized pieces. I cut it in quarters first and then into bite-sized pieces. And you can leave some bigger if you like. Take the little black pieces off. Now the little eyes, it's prettier without them. And so we'll take our other potato. I used about three of these little potatoes, which is about two pounds, and just roasted them. I normally would roast a potato for 45 to 55 minutes. And if you're at higher altitudes as, in Colorado or somewhere up a mountain. Um, You can roast them for a little bit longer normally, but I don't want them soggy. I wanted them a little bit firmer, so I put them in for about 35 minutes. And the way I test is take a, I did not put them into foil, which I normally would do. You can, if you want to, wrap them in aluminum foil so that you keep the juices in Or you can just put them on. I used actually my foodie and bake them in there. And I bake them for about 35 minutes. 35 to 40 minutes should give you a good texture that you can happily eat. It's fine, but you want it solid enough so that you can mix the potato salad. And it's a potato salad, not a mush. You can't mix. You can make the mashed potatoes for the holidays, but this one, we don't want them mashed. We want them with some texture. So let's peel this last one. Aha, this one got a little more well done. So I think I'll save that for nibbling later. And let's see if I can get this off without, there we go. It's a challenge sometimes. And there is a way to bake the potatoes and cut them first. What you do is you take your potato before you put it into the foil which is what I do. I usually wrap the potatoes individually and put it in foil. Um, and I poke holes in it all the way around it where I scrubbed the skin. And then you take your knife and you score the potato. Just to get the skin, you score across it from side to side. Can you see what I'm doing? And when the potato comes out, especially if you've wrapped it in foil to bake it, you can simply slide the skin off it's really amazing so this way we're just going to cut it again into the bite-sized pieces There we go as i say i've quartered it and then into bite-sized pieces so i've got a little over two cups of sweet potatoes here and i'm going to take this and move it out of my way okay and now for the fun and this one calls for red pepper So we've got a red sweet pepper that I'm going to cut. And I'm going to cut the sweet pepper into somewhat bite-sized pieces, chunky bite-sized pieces to go along with the salad. As soon as I take the core out and make sure we get all the seeds. So you have and seed your red pepper. And I love the combination, not only of the flavors, but the colors too get the seeds out. So we'll get all of those out. There we go. And we're going to cut this up into bite-sized chunks. And let's see. And just toss them in. As I showed you in the other one that was finished yesterday, we had bite-sized pieces like this. Here we go. And we'll just toss those right in with the sweet potatoes. Now you don't wanna start mixing them yet because you don't wanna take a chance on the potatoes getting mushy. So what I'm gonna do is put everything in first and then mix it. So that's another little hint. And it's so pretty with the orange and the red peppers. And you could use other peppers, but the red pepper flavor is what you want in here with the sweet potatoes. So. There we go. And I think that this will probably be enough potato because this was a very big pepper. That's some beautiful red peppers at the store and I couldn't resist. So I may put the rest of this in a salad or roasted or whatever. And so we've got the peppers in with the sweet potato chunks. And let me just clean my hands a little bit. Okay, now this recipe, we were on page 43 before, and here's the book. <clears throat> and I'm going to turn to page 40, 49. <clears throat> Oops. And this one is called, <laughs> it has its very own name, an amazing sweet potato salad. So I've got my sweet potatoes that are baked and cooled and cut up, and now I'm going to add um, four tablespoons of raisins. Now you could use raisins. You could use craisins or cranberries, dried cranberries, whatever you choose. And actually it calls for the four tablespoons, but I think I'm just going to do two because it is sweet and it will make it, you know, as sweet as possible. There we go. A little more than two tablespoons of raisins and we have some fresh parsley so we're going to chop that up we need about three tablespoons of chopped parsley so i've got my italian parsley which uh let me see i think i need to move the camera yeah to order the book just go to amazon follow what's on the screen it's uh yes you can eat well and eat right and you'll find it on amazon if you put that in and uh again, this is on page 49. So we have two salads in a row, page 43 and 49, that you can put together for, um, as I say, to accompany almost any meal, especially if you're doing something like barbecuing or eating outside. It's lovely to have this kind of salad because it's uh, very filling, by the way, and it's really easy to make. And of course, With the parsley, chopping up the parsley, when you take the parsley, I don't put too much of the stems in because I like the leaves in there. And when you have the stems, don't throw them away. You've got good nutrition here in parsley. And if you're using parsley or especially cilantro, uh, which is very good for bringing out and eliminating heavy metals. So keep that in mind. There's always, besides making your breath fresh, which parsley can do, um, it's very refreshing in a salad and nutritiously good for you. So I'm going to take my chopped up parsley, and I guessed at how much we have here. and Just for fun, we'll measure it and see if I got my three tablespoons. There's one and two. And whatever's left is going in. It's a little more. And if you like more parsley in your salad, then put some more in. We're just going to take about another teaspoon and put that in. Here we go. And now my lemon. I need a couple of tablespoons or three, actually, of um, lemon juice. So I've got a small lemon. I may need to use more than one that I'm going to put into my lemon squeezy. see how we do here. Just for fun we'll measure that too. As you can tell I probably don't measure a lot of things I just kind of put them in there. That's This half a lemon was barely a tablespoon so I'm going to turn it around and see if we can squeeze a little bit more out. There we go, we've got one. I may have to get another lemon. And if you have a disposal, uh, an electric, you know, uh, disposal in your sink, and you can use the lemon peels, they smell marvelous. They help your kitchen smell great. That's two. And as you notice, this is the only liquid that we're actually putting in there. There's no vinegar. There's no oil yet. But we will use some olive oil. There's two. And I think I'm going to get just... I'm going to cut another lemon because the lemon juice is really what picks up the flavors in this salad. And by the way, if you get lemons that are not totally ripe, one of the things you can do with them, and I can show you this very quickly, lemons or limes, you take them and you roll them on a hard surface roll them back and forth and sideways, and that will soften them up so that the juice is easily accessed. There we go. Okay. So we'll cut this baby in half. We'll probably just have to use half of this one, but I do want to get that whole complement of lemon juice in there. Okay. Oh boy. Perfect. Okay, just for fun, we'll just squeeze whatever's left in here, which is a little drizzle. Okay. So we've got our lemon juice in there. And now I will give it a mix just gently because you don't want to bruise the potatoes or mash them. You want to just mix everything together very gently. And I have to tell you a funny story about these salads. Um, Tomorrow's my birthday. And some friends of mine and my fiance are giving me a party. And they know how I love to cook. And I do cook, obviously. Well, they threatened me. They said, "Don't do anything." <laughs> but it's kind of difficult for me not to. So, uh, and when I <laughs> when I told one of the women that I was going to um, make some salads, she said, "No, you don't want to do that. We're doing it all." And I said, "That's okay. I'm doing it on TV. It's it'll work." So. <laughs> At any rate, okay, here's the rest of the ingredients for this wonderful sweet potato salad. We've got the parsley, we've got sweet potatoes, we've got chunky red pepper and raisins or craisins, your choice. Now, I have some fresh rosemary from the garden. And what I'm going to do with that is first wipe up my parsley a little bit and my knife. There we go. For those of you watching or listening on radio, I'm just giving the board a little cleanup here so we can find out where the rosemary is. Now I've already taken some of it off of the, the, some of the leaves off. So I'm gonna take those and see how much we have because we need about um, three tablespoons of the rosemary leaves. Just to give you a hint, the way you take the rosemary off is you grab the top of it and very carefully slide your fingers whoops when the top doesn't come off slide your fingers down and squish kind of squish the leaves off it's very simple it works beautifully usually there we go ah smells divine so i'm going to take my rosemary leaves and my trusty knife and chop them up a little bit so this is going to be very aromatic with the rest of the things in the salad And it gives it a real special aroma and taste. And I'm just going to go through them. They're pretty big. And if you don't have the fresh leaves, use at least a tablespoon or two of the dried rosemary. It will work just as well. Well, almost as well. So let's see what I've got here. Got one tablespoon. And almost two. So what I'm going to do is take that last little sprig of rosemary and trim that one off. And let's see, we'll chop this up and that should be my three tablespoons. And then we'll have the final goodie that goes into this salad. Which if you have the book, you can see that it's going to be sliced or chopped almonds. And of course, since this is your salad and you may not like almonds or you may not like rosemary, you can use something like thyme or even something like sage. Sage would be very interesting in this. Okay, there's the rest of our three tablespoons of rosemary and we're gonna give that just a little tossing, very gently so we don't wanna mush the potatoes and, Now for our olive oil, we need, I think it's three or four tablespoons. Okay, one, two. I'm going to use three and just a little bit more and see how that works because we just want everything to come together and coat the vegetables, but not drown them. The same thing with the other, with the coleslaw. You want to coat your vegetables, but not drown them. And in this type of salad, you want to use an olive oil, a virgin olive oil that has really good flavor that helps to color as well as flavor the vegetables. And it's color that you can take. And now the crowning glory is I've chopped up my almonds. You can get slivered almonds or sliced almonds. And I'm just going to sprinkle about half of what's here. It's about a quarter of a cup. I'm going to mix those up a little bit because sometimes the nuts are a little heavier than everything else, and sometimes they get stuck on the bottom. So now I'm gonna sprinkle the rest of them on the top. And in yesterday's salad, which I showed you earlier, I used pumpkin seeds rather than almonds. So there's another interpretation, and we'll give this a little stirring up. There we go, we are done and i am going to give this a taste I see how all my flavors have blended mm, yum very interesting it's a taste sensation because when i bit into the sweet potato i had the parsley and some of the other um seasonings and the oil and then when i bit into the red pepper i got a piece of the rosemary and it was just absolutely fabulous anyway so we have this one that's made with pumpkin seeds and this one that's made with almonds so we have a little variety and it's up to you how you want to do that whether you want to use almonds or you know sliver them or break them up as i did i just kind of crunched them but big pieces or you can use as i say pumpkin seeds or even sunflower seeds would be great And sunflower seeds, let's see what we have in here. We have a piece of rosemary. Okay. (laughs) Nutritionally, this is a fabulous salad. The coleslaw is great. Nutritionally, this really has it beat between the the sweet potatoes and the red peppers and everything else that goes into it. And it's all up to you. This is a great accompaniment for meat, for chicken, um, anything you want to put on the barbecue. And even if you're doing lobster tails or something like that, Great. And again, it's on page 49 of the book. And please, if you haven't taken a look at it, go to Amazon and pull this up. It's Yes, You Can Eat Well and Eat Right. And it's way more than a cookbook. There's a lot of hints in here and tips. Um, And if you haven't cooked in a while, or if you do cook and you really want some interesting ideas, pick up the book, take a look at the ebook. You can look through it. And what I want to show you is, for example, here, you can see there's a page on nuts and flax seeds and things like that. But there's also pages in here for your notes. So if you change and you want to make the salad with, um, as I said, with almonds or as it calls for, or if you want to use a different kind of nuts or you can leave them out altogether, see how you want to interpret it. Put your notes in the book so you have that for future reference. And again it's very easy um, to stand in the kitchen on a little picture stand or whatever you have to put your uh, cookbooks on and also there's another thing I want to mention that's kind of fun if you look at this you can probably read that for those of you who are on there because it is large print so for those of us who are um, over 60 or over 70. I can read it from here. It's easy for me to read. So it is more, as I say, it's more than a cookbook. There are some charts. There are some uh, measurements equal, you know, what equals this over here for substitutions. And there's some information on health and why eat red peppers or why eat Swiss chard. What's in Swiss chard? um, The nutrients that are in there that are really good for you, as well as, It compares with other um, things like broccoli, which is a superfood. And why is it a superfood? It's in the book. And there's also hints for when you go to your doctor, if you're concerned about cholesterol and heart challenges, please take a look. And this is not medical advice. This is the advice of a certified nutritionist for 23 years. Have your C-reactive protein measured. It's a far better marker according to a lot of medical books right now, then cholesterol is uh, for assessing the possibility of any heart problems. So it's CRP or C-reactive protein and homocysteine, those two measurements. This is all in the book. So as I say, it's a lot more than a cookbook, but there are 30 recipes in there, including one for hair care using avocado and some food. And my philosophy is if you're putting it on your body, in your hair, if you can't eat it, then you really don't want it because it's probably got some other icky chemicals in it that are gonna do harm. So read your labels carefully. That's also in the book. And um, I think that's all I wanted to say for today. And again, is the the Hippocrates uh, quote, choose your vegetables in season, choose your foods according to the growing season and the ripening season. For example, we're coming into fall And all sorts of apples are going to start to ripen. And different fruits will now be coming into the stores that will be fresher. So have at it. Please take a look for the book. You can reach me either at rickyskitchen.net, which is R-I-C-K-I-S-K-I-T-C-H-E-N.net. Or you can text me at 970 618 7607. And I bid you happy, healthy weekend. Please take care of yourselves and bon appetit and come back to USA Global TV and radio next week. We'll be here. Thank you. Very-